In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, what can we learn from unusual journeys into InfoSec? Part two. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be continuing our exploration of what we can learn from unusual journeys into InfoSec. And uh, back with me is Stuart Peck, Director of Cybersecurity Strategy for Zero Day Lab and co-founder of the Many Hats Club. Uh, you can check out all those show notes at uh, timothydblock.com forward slash EIS forward slash 160 for this one. Um, and there you'll see plugs for secjuice.com. Uh, the many hats club, which sounds like it is a really great community. It's, it's got a, based on uh, discord. They've got a podcast, uh, really good stuff. And then of course the Twitter tags, the many hats club, uh, cyber sec stew, and then zero day lab, uh, are all the plugs for this show. The newsletter is available at the bottom of each of the show notes. Um, and then this one, uh, I think I've already said that, so we will go back to <laughs> I'm jumping around here on my show notes a little bit here. But uh, feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. So with that, let's uh, continuing our discussion with Mr. Stuart Peck. So it's yeah. like, and that's where I think a lot of these stories too, where it's like you, you read, it's like, well, I thought I wanted to do this, um, but that ended up not working out. And so I moved into this and this is where I'm, you know, starting to thrive a little bit more. Yeah. And don't be afraid to fail. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I think there's, I think, I think failure, you know, to be failure is, is, is the road to success. You know, uh, if you're not failing enough on a daily basis or, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, you know, breaking stuff and, and failing and, 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 and trying to solve problems, then you're probably not working now yourself hard enough to try and break those problems uh, or trying to, to make those mistakes so you can learn from them. Um, you know, failure is, is, a, is an important factor in, in success and, and people are afraid of failing to think that they're actually failing. Actually, what they're doing is they're learning. Uh, you know, we, we, the, best, the best lesson is the one from a, learn, uh, learn from a mistake. Uh, and, and so trying to, you know, trying to encourage people to, to go out there and make mistakes and to learn from them and, and then actually work out what, 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 how could I approach that differently? What, what if I did this? What, what, what if I did that? And that... Then you're in the mindset of actually right now I'm on the I'm on the path to infosec because I'm trying to solve these problems because I've got so many to solve and I need to work out and I think think ahead of my adversary or or think ahead of the blue team or whatever it may be so yeah there's there's just so much yeah no, absolutely so uh, is there anything else that like really sticks out to you in you know talking to these people about their journeys in infosec uh, there's so much right um, so. For for me, it's like um, so. If you look at like, you know, there's so many stories, right? But there was a couple that that really stood out. So um, the one was the one that I particularly liked a lot was um, was uh, Netsec ML, um, which was uh, he was. I don't know if you read that one yet, but he was a hacktivist. Mm -hmm. So he he got into infosec by being a um, uh, a good hacktivist, not like a you know not anonymous or any of those guys. Um, his his his. His uh, his hacktivism was was very much around uh, sort of positive um, hacktivism, so stopping corruption within government or uh, standing up for people that uh, uh, maybe had done out to do harm 
uh, to other people. So um, he, he sort of did some stuff uh, around uh, uh, South African government in particular, oh, yeah. where uh, where where he'd um, he'd seen there's lots of corruption and there was a, a lockdown on on a lot of the telecoms industry. So he actually uh, sort of got together with a group of activists and, and they kind of uh, ended up uh, doing some kind of political kind of movement against them and, and created this huge campaign and actually ended up getting hired by uh, the South African government. So they made the change and said, look, we're going to change all this stuff, but we want you to run it. So basically they hired him to be the to head of security for this particular part of the government to make that kind of change. And then he ended up becoming a politician, uh, and, and but still being a sort of... Uh, 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 sort of uh, hacktivist in some respects as well. So, um, which was kind of a crazy journey. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that stood out in that particular journey was um, was the fact that um, he used his skills to be able to find someone who um, who'd actually, you know, uh, essentially been abducted uh, and and actually managed to track the uh, hack, hack, got permission to hack her phone um, to be able to find her location and where she was and the people that she was hanging around with uh, and managed to, to to intervene before. She actually was, you know, going to be properly abducted and, and put into quite some quite horrible places, should we say. So, you know, there are so, so many stories about how people had, had adventured into InfoSec. Um, and, and they're all, in their own ways, have their merits. And it, it, it's, it's, I think if you they read the whole series, and I haven't finished the whole series yet, there, there's some gems coming up as well that, that just kind of make you question um, a whole range of things around InfoSec and, and, and how people get into it. So, yeah, it's 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 quite difficult, really, um, to kind of pinpoint one particular story because the, the set of stories themselves um, kind of uh, paint a, a very kind of different narrative. But but there is an undercurrent uh, to all of that. Uh, and that undercurrent is um, there, isn't, there isn't this conventional path. Um, people kind of fall into industry or... They're encouraged to go into industry, or um, they are. Um, they Twitter seems to be the the reoccurring theme. So Twitter infosec seems to be or infosec mm. on Twitter seems to be that community seems to be the big driving force behind everyone. So how helpful everyone is, and uh, how open everyone is to um, sharing information or, or or providing resources and 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 all those kind of great things. And I, and I think, you know. That seems to be, you know, where um, the industry kind of stands out. Where you know how willing we are to help, because we all know it's very difficult. We all know that it's quite challenging. We work long hours, and you know, there's risks of burnout and a whole range of stuff, right? From from many people that talk about this. So, you know, being able to point people in the right direction, or or or, or mentor people, or whatever it may be, is is. No, I think that's from all of the stories. Everyone has mentioned infosec. You know, Twitter is 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 being the the source of inspiration for, for, for ev- pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually what I use to try and stay connected to people I meet at conferences and um, also, uh, you know, just especially when new stuff comes out, like incidents, things like that. Of course, you kind of have to let it mature and age a little bit sometimes um, because there can be a lot of misinformation right away. But yeah, it's been, it's pretty valuable, especially um, especially when new things come out and you, you're trying to get more information because work is going, what are we doing about this? And you're like, eh. Go yeah, this out. I, I had uh, I had a case. Um, so last year when Not Petra came out, uh, yeah. when, mm-hmm. when it was when the outbreak of that, which was horrific. Um, so I, I actually had I responded. I had a customer that was affected by that, and they just signed our instant response um, uh, sort of program. And so we spent 
I don't know. Uh, we, we got, I got a phone call. I was in the US. I got a phone call. Uh, I literally just landed. It was quite early. These guys were in the UK, but they were global. Um, and they operated out like 100 odd countries or something like that. So they were huge. Right? I got a phone call saying, look, uh, something really bad's happened. We think it's some kind of ransomware. It's spreading really fast. We have no idea how it's spreading. We're all, you know, we, we, we patched against, you know, Eternal Blue and all this kind of double pulsar. And we know we're fully up to date against that kind of that vulnerability, you know. Um, so we know we know we've got we've got a patch status report that says we're 100% protected against that. So we know it's not that, uh, but we still have no idea how it's doing it. And, and so I got to the phone with them. And I was like, look, okay, just tell me, just send me a screenshot of um, you know the the, the the ransom message. If you've got any files, send me those. For, you know, here's a process to send me the files. And uh, you know, can you tell me what the file name extensions are so I can understand what encryption? You know, all that kind of basic stuff. What, what encryption is being used, or what ransomware it might be? And I said, no, we can't. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, no, our computers are locked out. We literally, you know, they've just rebooted, and we we have no way of getting back into them. Um, and I said, oh, okay, that sounds like Petra because I, I, I remember you know Petra or variant of Petra because I was I remember the um, I was researching it for a couple of clients that were hit by it when it was a uh, uh, done as a ransomware as a service between Misha and, and Petra a while back. There was like a, a ransomware campaign on the dark web that was mm-hmm. being sold off. Yep. So uh, quite well known, uh, and a couple of people were hit by that. So I, I, I had to respond to that. So I was like, okay, this, this is this is okay. This, this should be quite isolated, right? Because it's it's you know it's 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 related to you know individual computers that have been hit by this so you know just you've got a phishing campaign going on we can you know let, let's let's um let's review that but also let's understand how this is spreading so we can we can stop it so um then i got a phone call like 10 minutes later after the initial kind of call saying this is spreading everywhere we need to stop it i was like right okay just just literally don't know how it's spreading sounds like it's not pet not petcher right it's not it's, it's not that it's something else uh, I looked on Twitter. I couldn't find anything. I, was, I reached out to a couple of people I knew in, in, in uh, Malware Hunter team actually, and said, "Look, w- w- have you seen anything on this?" I went, "No, not seen anything yet." But, and literally five minutes after that, the Dutch dam came out and said, "We've seen some unusual ransomware attack. It's spreading everywhere." I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> the penny drops, and it's just like that sense of dread. You're like, "Well, we've contained it where we can." And so we basically, I just basically rang up the client and said, right, this looks like it's something else. The only suggestion I've got is just to um, call up all your departments everywhere and just unplug everything because we don't know how it's spreading. Just contain the network because this is, this is spreading fast and we just need to basically get anyone that hasn't already disconnected from the network, unplug it, and just, just, just basically trash your MPLS network for now uh, uh, and just, just get it offline because we don't know how to stop it because there's no way of containing it right now. So that's the only way you can do it is just by stopping it spreading between the countries. Uh, and, and so it, we stopped, we saved maybe like 35% of their environment, which is, which is not bad, but it still took them. I think with us working like literally round the clock, it took us, I think about five weeks wow. to get their systems online. And it took them seven and a half weeks to they're fully operational. All right now, now, this type of company, I can't tell you what they do, of course, because I'm bound by right. the whole range of legal privilege and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But they do mission-critical services to, uh, that involve people getting paid. Um, so you can probably read slightly between the lines there. Mm-hmm. It's not giving anything away. But that meant they had not just the cost of the breach, the cost of repairing everything, but they had to manually rebuild every single machine. The data right. was okay. It was all backed up. But every single machine like over 15, 20,000 machines had to be manually rebuilt and something like 7,000 servers or something yeah. uh, had to be built manually from a brand new image. Right? 
So, and they had no phone systems, they had nothing, no email. In fact, we actually managed to migrate them to Office 365 in like, I don't know, uh, they had like a six month, pra- it was like they had a normal exchange. Was, they said, well, the way to get around this to get email back online is just to get, you know, you can help migrate it to Office 365. Had a six month plan plan, you know, for this migration. We did it in three days. <laughs> wow, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> We're like, right, let's get it all done. And then, of course, we managed to get the archives back in after a while as well because they had right. backups and stuff. So we were able to archive their historical emails as well, their contacts and stuff. But it was just like, it was, it was mental. So, you know, it, it, so, but there was nothing on Twitter. So, you know, sometimes you go to Twitter and you go, yeah, well, well you know, there's something happening and you get information. There was so much information floating around on Twitter around that, uh, that, you know, you could do this and it was spreading via Eternal Blue or spreading by this or spreading. And actually it was, um, it was, uh, you know, it was Mimikatz and it was, uh, using PS Exec and it was using you know, WIC to kind of uh, distribute uh, uh, once it, it, it obtained cr- uh, credentials and all this kind of stuff. So it was quite quick lateral movement, offline encryption, very difficult to stop mm-hmm. uh, once it got in. And it was coming through a trusted third party, digitally signed. Oh, know? of course. there are, It's always those trusted third parties. Yeah. You know, it was the, it was the largest software developer in, uh, sorry, uh, uh, accounts package in Ukraine. And they, the attackers managed to gain access to their systems and basically created an update and pushed the update out to all the customers. So it's digitally signed mm. with their developer signatures. Yeah. Uh, so it came through trusted. I mean, how you know how do you stop that? It's just like, you know, they're, they're, you know these kind of attack vectors are, uh, are less common, but but devastating, you know, to, to, to the nth degree when it happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting. Apologies. No, no, that was a great story. That's and and to get, I love those kind of stories on the inside. So thanks for thanks for sharing. Um, all right, so the website is secjuice.com forward slash tag forward slash unusual dash journeys. Uh, really, some really great reads there, and you're gonna have more up. Um, at some yeah. point in the near future. Um, Definitely, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, the next like I don't know the next um few weeks or so i'll have the, the next uh, i've got maybe two or three stories coming up so right. uh, they're all they're all ready to get published i've just got to um i'm just going to just check with the people they're still happy with it because it's been like about four months and it's like you, right. know, that, you know that story we talked about like four months ago are you still happy with that no there should be so well there's 18 uh, right now so it should take anyone that hasn't started reading them it's going to take them a little bit to catch up so yeah they're still being published by sectors actually so they're they're because a lot of these stories are done sort of uh, I think I started the series in like December last year and this, the first stories came out sort of January, sort of mid-January time. Mm-hmm. So I just did them steadily over like the sort of four or five months and then, and then like, then Secjuice took over and said, can you, can you hold fire for a bit while we, um, we, we take over and we'll re- republish them all. So I've been quite lucky actually. They've been published twice in different platforms. So yeah. what, what do you think of them by the way? I have interest. Oh, I think, I think they're, I think they're fantastic. And, and like I said, I, I just love that, um, there's so many different ways to get into the industry. There, a lot of people I feel like get kind of hung up on the whole going to college or university, getting a degree and going there. And it's like, no, if you like, even in high school, if you just go to your computer labs there and show some interest and then, you know, realize that it, it takes time. Um, you know, you can potentially get a job. I, I went in the military route. So I joined the military and was doing it based stuff. I didn't know I wanted to get into security at the time. Um, in fact, I went to DEF CON at one point <laughs> not even realizing what it was. I was just, dragged, I was just dragged along by somebody else who was really interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and they're not actually an infosec. They're still in like general it, but, um, 
so I mean, there's just multiple paths, and I kind of just like backed up into it. And after I realized that I wanted to go into security, I started looking at my previous experience, and it's like I've done, I've met with the AV, I've I've responded to different incidents, and you know, so it's it's I just love the idea that it's um you know people are people are taking unusual routes, like you said, your ceramics, you got ceramics background, you see, uh, and they have uh, infosec Sharpa on. on uh, her story up and she's like a lab comes from a librarian background. Like she's got a degree yeah, no. in librarianism or and, uh, she's crazy as well. Her story is quite famous as well. You yeah. Know, the whole, her background. So I was yeah. quite lucky to get her story. So yeah. Have you ever used your ceramics on an engagement? No, I, 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 I've got to, right. I've, yeah. I, I've been trying to work Absolutely. out how I, I, I've, I've made, I could like deliver some plates or some, I don't know. I, I, have, <laughs> yeah, no exactly. I have no idea. Just to show up, just uh, breaking in. It's like, Hey, uh, can I come do a demonstration at your office? You know? And, and yeah. 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 Well, make, here I have, I have my slide presentation. Just plug this into your network. Oh, that one doesn't work. Here's another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just rubber duckies all the way through. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I have uh, I have come up, had some crazy pretext before, but yeah, ceramics would be pushing it a little bit, pushing the envelope a little bit, unless unless, unless it's some kind of manufacturing company, then that might work. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe like creating a fun day for like learn how to make pots or something like that, and then you know, <laughs> right. uh, uh, I just need to knit to the toilet and just plugging uh, key loggers in everyone's machines and rubber duckies, and, <laughs> and then walk out and go right. We've finished the lesson for today, and off you go. Uh, and now that won't work because it's on your podcast so yeah but never yeah. Mind. <laughs> yeah, those companies so listen to my podcast only security people yeah. who are looking for ideas too so. but yeah it's crazy and actually you know the ministry background you mentioned as well is quite interesting so i've i've um i've got a few people that i work with the uh, ex-military as well um in fact i hired somebody directly from uh the raw uh, air service in the uk he came straight from that to, to work for us um uh, and so I, lo- I love i love the whole military background and the work ethic and the the, yeah. the training that you guys have had and stuff so and actually there's so 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 many transferable skills mm-hmm. um a lot of people from the uk especially in, in the uk military do just end up in infosec because the the the, the training and then the, the the kind of instant response and all that kind of great stuff those skills are kind of built in and, and of course if you still remain part of the reserves in the uk uh, they pay for your training so they go right i want to go on one of my guys actually uh, a bit of a, a bit of a plug for him a guy called will lambert he's brilliant um he he's part of the cyber reservists so he actually does go on a regular basis back to do stuff for the military as, as part of part of their security operations so you know um you know that there are there are i think it's good to have that background and i think it, again it just just makes the enriches the industry i guess yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I think I think people coming in from other uh, backgrounds and stuff bring that unique creative perspective to uh, InfoSec. Um, and and I think that can actually be an asset for a lot of people, even even coming from a librarian background. I think that can be an asset to InfoSec as far as, you know, doing certain things within the industry. Well, it's categorization, right? So yeah. it's. Yeah. it's uh, because it's the response is categorizing incidents and organizing the data and, and, and kind of mapping it out. Right? So, I mean, that's a huge amount of transferable skills. Uh, I, I, I love it. I think, I think, I think and anyone that comes in from any background, and I, I still say this today, whatever you've done, or, uh, you know, you, you'll have a approach that's different and a, and a thought process that's different. And we, I, I mentioned this this morning to somebody, actually. I said, you know, we don't want to build, like, drones, essentially. We don't want to build 
people that have all come from the same background, mm-hmm. all got the same kind of degrees, so therefore the same thought, they're taught at university to think the same way, you know, to solve problems, this is how, this is the methodology you use to do this or this or this. You, we want to have people with that challenge that, that methodology, challenge that process, challenge that way of thinking, bring their own unique form of infosec, uh, uh, because that's how, you know, the attackers have all got their own way of doing things, right? They all follow their own process and, uh, and, and they certainly don't have a, a rule book. Uh, so, you know, we really shouldn't as well. We shouldn't be, you know, trying to standardize. Yes, we should have standards and process and policies and procedures and all that kind of stuff. But we should also have ways of actually dealing with real world problems. Uh, and that comes through creative collaboration and thinking. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Stu, well, uh, great discussion on uh, unusual journeys in InfoSec. Uh, thanks for joining me. No, man, it's absolutely fine. No, thank you. Uh, can I do one final plug? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, uh, in fact, in fact I'll, I'll offer you the same chance. I, I, I'm going to offer you on to, to my podcast, actually. Uh, uh, there you go. One, ter- one good turn deserves another, right? So, okay, yeah. uh, so um, please come and check out the Many Hats Club, which is uh, where these stories are inspired from anyway. So uh, I have a Discord server. We've got about 3,500 people on there. Uh, oh, wow. Part, part, we're a partner Discord server. Uh, we've had a, uh, our podcast, we have a run a podcast from the discord server as well. So people can interact with the guests and stuff like that, ask questions. They can't talk of course, cause that would be absolutely chaos. <laughs> they, can ask, they can ask questions in real time. I hope we right. did that once. And I was like, no, we're not doing that ever again. <laughs> uh, 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 that was our very first podcast with Jack Hyde, uh, uh, uh and, and malicious. Um, but we have had some awesome guests, uh, but I'll, I won't, I won't read them out on this podcast, but but um, but yeah, love to have you on as well. By the cool. way, yeah. Uh, but yeah, come check us out. Our website's themanyhats.club. Our, our invite to our Discord is uh, is discord.gg/infosec. So we've, we're the only people with that one. So we, we're quite lucky to right. get that. And 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 we run podcasts on every Thursday, most uh, ish, because you can't do them every week because people are busy, as you very well know. The challenges of running a podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we've had uh, some, some awesome guests, and uh, yeah, we we have quite an awesome community. We have a, a capture the flag team, uh, uh, hack the box. They're ranked number seven or eight in the world now after being running for like two months as well. Nice. So uh, we've got crazy stuff going on, talks, channels. But but yeah, you should come and you should come join us. Uh, uh, I'd love to host you and talk about some stuff that you do and some of your. You've already talked about loads of interesting stuff that I know our community would love. So. Uh, I'd love to have you on. Cool, absolutely.